matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world. Don't make a bit of sense to me. If that's what being crazy is, then I'm senseless, out of it, gone down the road, wacko. But no more, no less. Welcome to Unhinged, episode 17, recorded July 10th, 2016. Well, coming off of last week's show, uh, where we were discussing uh, Doug's remission and how things were were looking better and more positive, um, this week we're kind of doing a little bit of a turnaround, uh, since right after we recorded last week's show, um, Doug just woke up kind of down from last time. Uh, it's just a lower mood. Um, obviously the DBS is not working as effectively. I assume that's what it is, Mm -hmm. but there's just something not, not the same as it was. So I'd probably be in the, you know, moderate category right now. Right. So there's no full remission. Um, that was, a little bit uh, jumping up and down a little too early. Yeah, a little premature. So, yeah. Um, I mean, it I mean, was it was the it was basically just about to be a full remission because it was just over two weeks where things were looking really good, and by definition, you know, no major depressive um, symptoms within two weeks is considered remission. But two months, yeah. Or I'm sorry, two months. Yes, not weeks. So it's two and a half months. So I, I guess I just, you know, it's um, it's right on the cusp of basically being in partial remission. So right, um, you know, it's um, you just can turn on a dime, as I said before, and that's exactly what happened. Um, Quite literally, too. You know, I mean, we 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 it was s- the very next day. The very next day, you woke up right after we recorded last the last show the very next day you just woke up that way there's no trigger right there was yeah. it just was yeah and and i yeah, uh, as much as i talk about the subject matter with you um if i told you about all the things that you didn't see all week that we didn't really talk um just so much to deal with for one person, mm-hmm. um, it's mind blowing. It's earth shattering. It's 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 crazy. So, and we had a little stress this morning, and I think that if you knew what those things were, um, well, you know what those things are. But it, you know, if I didn't have to go through them, mm-hmm. um, you know, things would keep going on nice and smoothly. But they'll, they'll be little bumpy rides because. As we've learned, there's some things that I can't control. Yeah. No matter how high I try, no matter how many years of therapy you have, it's not a psychological matter you're you're talking about. And it's a it's pretty clear right now, and especially with now evidential data to back it up, which who knew we'd live that long to right to have. So in the last show, uh, you you brought up. Uh, some interesting information that you found out about uh, your genetics uh, and what what essentially boils down to a a, a defect in your brain. Um, and you have a little more information about that today, don't you? 
Yeah, like I said, you know, we're we're at a time where we can test an individual's DNA, your genetic makeup, mm-hmm. um, and find specific details. In this case, forty-seven years later, uh, that I'm at a point where I can find out the actual root cause of the disease, yeah. my own specific disease. Um, on one hand, it sucks the big one because you know I lost three decades. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but the other hand, you know, um, I don't have a flux capacitor, um, <laughs> and I would have already used it. So. Um, we're grateful that the technology is here, but it's it's like, you know, um, it's just as definitive as, as finding all kinds of DNA over a, a you know, a murdered prostitute, you know, and, and to convict a, a serial killer. Mm-hmm. It's um, so um, so I essentially know now um, that I, you know, what I sort of uh, internally sort of knew from from the from my very first memory as a child just something wasn't right yeah and i knew it even as a child that in until you're a certain age and even in my case it was very late because you you just can't communicate it properly um or you just never do you keep it inside and it's just a flaw or something but um you know none of it makes sense if you look at the history and and you know what what I've done and what um, hasn't worked out, you know, it just, it's clearly this is a sick person yeah. that you let, let out unto the wolves, you know. Um, so, you know, our whole purpose is obviously there's some motion behind it, but that'll drive us to um, hopefully prevent this from happening in the future. People can um, get off their ass and start really understanding what this disease is so they can prevent it from happening again. Right. Um, because there's some... I mean, like really uh, dramatic data on this, um, and I was trying to find it here for you. For example, um, what they're figuring is, and this is clinical neuroscience, um, but uh, by the year 2020, unipolar major depression is projected to be the second leading cause of disability-adjusted lives uh, all over the world. Um, depressive disorders have a great impact, uh, morbidity and healthcare utilization, medical costs, and, um, you know, despite advances in, in psychopharmacology, we've talked about, um, less than half of the patients, patients beginning a course of antidepressant treatment will reach remission, uh, with that particular treatment. Um, but now again, we have the pharmacogenetics and the digital imaging that, right. uh, Will make it's not just sort of, you yeah. know. Hopefully that try this, try that, just blindly. Yeah, hopefully that will help uh, improve those numbers in the right direction. Yeah. yeah, I remember when we started over. Uh, you know, I was dealing with my psychiatrist, and we're just like, "All right, let's just try this one again, and we'll try the you know different dosage or, or whatever." And um, he's like, uh, "I so why did that particular one?" And he's like, "Well, that's kind of my go-to." Yeah. I'm yeah. like, you know, what am I, a golf club? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know. It's, it's all trial sure, and error. So you, yeah, but meanwhile, they don't see me in the, you know, between the two weeks and all the, just every physical um, side effect you could ever imagine, you know, I've had to deal with. Yeah. So you have to not only deal with 
the um, the the blood sucking, uh, you know, uh, life sucking disease, but then um, all the the crap that comes with it for for treatment. So this is you know, this is incredible times for, um, you know, for yeah. people who want to maintain hope throughout this. Um, Definitely. Anyways, that that's a statistic. But um, what I did find out with me is that. Um, they they're basically they call alleles, which are basically uh, another form of a gene. Yeah, um, it's your genotype, um, and um, the way serotonin is is um, um, a tra- it's basically called the serotonin transfer gene. Um, you could be an S or an L, and I think mm-hmm. I had mentioned SSLL. Yeah, and that just means if you're so in my case. Um, I have the short allele as opposed to the long, so I'm an S. Mm-hmm. So my, I was uh, born with that uh, with that genetic trait to have a short, an S allele. Um, okay. And um, what that means is that um, you know my liver enzymes were fine, which were tested, and that's what you know the medication will be processed through, and then it gets sent up into the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, Mine has no problem going through the liver enzymes in the liver and being processed. It's going back up to the brain where um, it either, you know, they got a double lock and a chain uh, and the alarm's on, uh, you know, or some bits going through but not enough to make a difference. Um, and that's because so, of the S, the short allele? Yes. So, so I was, and I'm SS. Uh, because they were able to determine that it does come from both uh, mother's and father's side. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing something that I found in um, in the psychiatry advisor, and I'll put the, the link up there. But um, the serotonin transporter gene may affect uh, neural circuits uh, connecting in the amygdala and the cingulate gyrus, uh, which is what the DBS is pointing to. Right. Um, uh, and that would cause depression. So people with anxiety disorders or depression uh, complain not so much about the the emotion, uh, you know, um, uh, the particular emotion itself because you're so used to it, uh, but really just the unceasing nature of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, um, there's a doctor, Daniel uh, Weinberger, from the National Institute of Mental Health, and he's working on some studies on this and he and his colleagues uh, may have found why um, their experience is continuous. And, and uh, according to work published in the June issue of Nature Neuroscience, um, scientists know that the, the transporter gene for serotonin, uh, it encodes a key protein for neurotransmission in the brain um, that comes in a long form and a short form. Mm-hmm. So people like me who have the short form are susceptible to developing uh, depression or anxiety, though the, the gene doesn't actually cause it. Um, to find out how the short form uh, affects emotional health, and, and really emotional health comes from the amygdala. Um, a lot of you know, emotional feelings are associated with the amygdala. Right. Um, so the, uh, the team looked at uh, 94 healthy people um, some of uh, each form, SNL, uh, and using brain imaging techniques, they found that uh, two regions involved in emotional responses, the amygdala and the cingulate, um, were smaller in people with the short gene. Uh, 
Right. So not only is my cingulate gyrus likely undersized, but there's obviously the amygdala is affected as well. Hmm. Um, that's not something I ever, and we even talked about it in, in the, <laughs> the sociopath show. Yeah. Um, so turns out I don't have a healthy amygdala, so watch your back. <laughs> um, also, the neural circuits connecting the amygdala and the cingulate were weaker in people with a short form uh, than in those with a long one. So that's important, according to Weinberger, because uh, the amygdala controls a person's responses to, to fearful situations, mm. uh, you know, evaluating whether or not they should react or, you know, um, and then the cingulate vets the amygdala's responses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if a fear signal uh, put out by the amygdala is not justified, the cingulate turns it off. Yeah. But in people with the short form of the gene, the cingulate is not able to perform that editing function uh, as effectively. So um, it's like the amygdala is going off all the time. Oh, um, wow. So if you can't shut off fear, it's much worse than just feeling it for the first time. The phenomenon happens in people with the short gene which would explain why they're more prone to depression and anxiety. Wow, that's interesting. So when, yeah. a, when, when fear happens in, in a normal person's brain, the, the singular gyrus would edit out the, uh, the continual fear that the amygdala puts out. So in yes. your case, that's not yes. happening. So it's not like you're sputtering. With it's, it's a constant thing, but it gets cut off by other things. But huh. in a sense, you're just, you, you live in fear. Um, wow. Yeah, it's quite frightening. Yeah. But you see how, you, see how, you, know, um, I, you know, I can't process emotions the same way as you can. Right. So we might hit those dramatic spots as we did this morning. <laughs> um, you know, just because I'm, I'm still... You know, I'm still working all this out in my head and trying to make sense of it um, while fighting this low. You know, and again, it takes a lot more to to get anything done the lower you are. Yeah. Luckily, it's not sunk into the point where I, you know, because I couldn't be talking to you if I was, you know, if I just relapsed back into to severe category, which I dread and fear. Uh, Let's Uh, let's be clear and and uh, let people know that. Because <clears throat> I, I feel like you're actually on an upward, like improving path in the last few days. Because when you first, the day after we recorded the last show, uh, is when you woke up low, and for the the next couple days, two or three days, I don't think you even turned on your computer. Um, no, and you you didn't even get out of bed at one point. Um, right, you, you you didn't even have the um, the energy to do any of that, even as simple as, you know, post something on Facebook or, uh, you know, check your email. None of that. You, you didn't have the energy for that. Yeah. So you, you don't have the energy to, to actually physically do it. So that's before you would, um, take a walk to get the endorphins flowing or eating the right foods Mm -hmm. or, you know, um, in those kinds of things, that's that's even before that you're already or taking Adderall. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can see why you might have seen that. There's there's no difference mood wise in those two days. It's completely uh, biochemical, and mm-hmm. it's that I just started taking the Adderall. Uh, I started feeling lower, 
So immediately, you don't want the Adderall. Hmm. You just want to curl up in a ball and cry. And you want to go down. Yeah. That's where the mood's going, so you want to go down. If you're talking from a, a pharmaceutical point of view, um, you don't want to have that uh, jitteriness. And, and, right. You know, Adderall comes with sort of that speediness, and, and uh, um, it'll get you on task. It'll get you cleaning the porch, you know. Right. But um, you uh, you inherently don't want that when you're feeling low. Yeah. So um, I even stuck in a couple of clonazepams so I could just relax all the anxiety that I had. But you know, I'm trying not to reach out to to um, these external things. I'm trying to get you know stronger in the mind and and you know fight this thing. Right. You know, with without other variables, so we can really know what's going on. Yeah, well, and uh, but, and but it's it's really the Adderall that's that's driven it, and um, luckily again the the mood hasn't fallen far enough. You know, like there's still something there uh, that's so. Know, so you're saying the reason that you're able to record the show we're recording right now is because of the Adderall? Oh yeah, I mean I would have thought of thousands of of, of uh, very intriguing excuses why I couldn't do the show. Yeah. You know, very clever, very uh, creative reasons. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't. Um, so, um, yeah, it's uh, it's part of the commitment, part of knowing how invested you are. Uh, but, but again, you know, those things really, as much as they matter, don't matter if I had fallen lower. Right. I just wouldn't be capable, mm -hmm. uh, the, you know, with, with knowing that you're born with that that S uh, predis predisposition and, and um, basically, uh, you know, neurological uh, issue with, with sm smaller parts of the brain yeah. that are for essential functioning. Um, you know, luckily again, that I have that, you know, other parts of the brain that are working well and I guess I've learned to compensate in some ways. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't uh, mean that talking to me is not a whole different um you know, it's sometimes language than yeah. others. Right. You know, uh, but you've been able to, to deal because you've been able to generally read through things and, and um, you know, not judge every little thing. And, right. And, you know, you take that sort of uh, big picture thing. You know, if you, if you, uh, try to think of a good analogy, but, you know, if you worked at a gas station for 25 years, you, you'd put on that same shirt with your name on it, mm -hmm. whatever corner gas on it uh and then you retire and the next day you probably put the shirt on by accident right you know i mean this is this is 30 years of of me being alone mm -hmm. you know um therapists couldn't get through and and i couldn't get through to them because i was too low and them not even thinking about neurology till the last just the last few years after surgery right um you know uh so it's like anything that happened before this is you're dealing with a broken brain. You're dealing with this, this. If these things aren't connecting and these transmitters are not flowing, this is not. You're not talking to it. To you know, yeah. to a. I don't know. I, I, in a, in a sense, a sane person. You know, but mm -hmm. a fully functioning person. Right. So. Um, yeah. I don't so know. It's, it's, again, it's those adjustments that have to be. You know. So yeah, with that in mind what you've done in the last 48 hours is quite remarkable. Uh, even the fact that you're s sitting here talking to me now, um, compared to 
the day after we recorded the last show where I think it was very difficult to even for you to even have a conversation with me. Um, yeah. So. And it's difficult right now. It's, um, but, but it's, um, you know, I, I hope it's the, the DBS that it's, it's, it's still a presence there. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, um, I mean, I think I noticed an overall, if you just took a to- overall timeline, a, a, a difference somewhat in that I may not have fallen as deep yeah. into severe depression since the surgery. So it sort of, of, of worked on a very, very small, you know, m- minute level. Yeah. With, uh, but just enough t- to keep you from another suicide attempt. With, you a, know, so. with a couple of uh, amazing, miraculous times in, in, in the. Yeah. Since then, um, but way yeah, too short. I, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's gut wrenching. It's heartbreaking. It, it's, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, I can only sit and, and hope. Um, we will be doing the, the, I'll be wearing that, uh, going to, I guess this is specific, um, I guess it's the magnetic, uh, magnetic resonance. Yep. Um, where they do the magnetic therapies and, uh, where I'll have that magnetic, helmet on and they'll take a bunch of images of my brain um while they change the settings on the the neuromodulator and Mm -hmm. um, we'll have actual settings that they'll be able to see yeah uh, had an effect on on the now you've on the brain you've never done the magnetic resonance stuff have have you no i mean we've scanned the brain before but Mm -hmm. this is actually taking multiple images right uh Hence the digital imaging, um, uh, you know, while they're changing the settings, so it's it's exact, you know, yeah. um, real time feedback, yeah, yeah. Um, so we've come that far. This is only the last year, too, max. I mean, I just found out last week the root cause of all the crap. You know, mm-hmm. you just want you're going to grab a, a the world's largest megaphone and. Everything that happened before, cancel, <laughs> you know. Right. It just, it's, it was, God, yeah. and what a path of uh, crap it created. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's amazing. And all because they just assumed that I was working with the same um, tools that they were working with. Right, exactly. But unfortunately, I wasn't and couldn't explain it. Yep. So you're locked inside this 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 prison. It's it's really uh, it's terrible. Yeah, um, I wanted to go over some major factors uh, contributing to TRD. It kind of you know helps you put in perspective once you know the genetics now. But mm-hmm. uh, unrecognized uh, comorbid medical or psychiatric illnesses with TRD generally uh, there's generally always comorbid conditions. In my case, it had to be ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess because of the GABA receptors uh, not working and flowing as well as uh, serotonin. Um, so, uh, or like the serotonin, it doesn't flow. Um, but another comorbid condition would be um, anxiety, which yeah. is sort of depression and anxiety are kind of like Laurel and Hardy uh, in the psychiatric world, just not quite as funny. Right. Um, but... Um, the use of concomitant medications uh, or your intolerance for them, um, inadequate treatment of earlier episodes in life, mm-hmm. um, greater number of somatic symptoms reported 
history of child emotional abuse and um, you know uh, results of that, which that was there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, psychotic and melancholic depression, not psychotic, no melancholic. Yeah, just always having that. Yeah, that overall sadness, that um, feeling of malaise, basically. Yeah, uh, but this is not melancholic depression. That would be like a that would be like a you know trip to the fair for me. Right. Um, unfortunately, but, um, and then there's non-compliance because up to 50% of patients don't take medication as they're prescribed. Right. Uh, and, and they often tend, especially with TRD, tend to stop treatment, uh, when the systems remit, uh, the symptoms remit rather. So, uh, it's, it's stupid. You got to keep on them. And, it's you know, that, it's that typical, oh, I feel fine. Why do I need medication? Well, it's the medication that's making you feel fine. And that's why they quit, they quit taking it. I mean, I've seen that before. Yeah. Uh, or, or, you know, but in my case, you know, again, we're dealing with, with resistance. So it's like, you know, it's four to six, eight weeks later. Um, you know, meanwhile, I've got constipation, diarrhea, dry mouth, the sweats, tremors in my hands, uh, insomnia. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, just I can go on and on and yeah. on. And, and, and the drug just nada. So... Uh, normally you don't have that. You have people who, you know, might have short alleles where it takes a little bit longer, right. maybe a slow metabolizer. Um, so, you know, it's worth sort of waiting a little bit longer and riding it out rather than jumping to the next medication too fast. Yeah. And you did find out that you were also a, a slow metabolizer, right? Yeah, but I think it, it's it's a little bit more clear as, as to why now. It's, it's because of the, the shorter allele. Right. Um, and, and how it's, you know, processed up to the brain. Um, so it's, um, and then there's, you know, individual uh, differences in, in your drug meta- metabolism, like we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the nutritional status, is, uh, status of the patient in general. You know, um, they're finding like deficiencies in folate, thiamine, uh, vitamin B6, B12. Mm-hmm copper, zinc, you know, um, you know, and then any psychosocial stressors and being a, a short, you know, an SS, um, we just can't deal with, uh, a lot of, you know, uh, heavy emotion, heavy drama. You can maybe deal with one, you know, a sort of very difficult or emotional or traumatic episode in your life, but not two, it's yeah. too much. Yeah. And that will, cause a complete relapse and um so now at least i know that um and i know what you know it's almost like i'll come up with an instruction sheet you know don't talk about this around him (laughs) you know uh, but at least you know people can people should want to fight this just like cancer you know this is uh this is your your whole you know this is your motherboard of your body yeah um you know, everything starts with the brain. Right. So um, I, I don't think parents really realize that your your child could be born with this uh, neurological issue, um, you know, because you, you, there's no evidence of it. We didn't test for that back then. Well, hopefully you know? that's something that will change over time now that they, they are making these advances that – when a child starts exhibiting certain, uh, you know, depressive behavior or anything like that, that they can run a test and figure out if there's neurological issues behind it, 
uh, or if it's purely um, psychological. So, you yeah, know. and you have to be a hands-on parents, and you have to talk to your kids. Right. Um, I didn't have that, and if they would have uh, had a, a closer individual relationship with me, they would have seen those signs mm-hmm. uh, because you know something doesn't commute, compute. You know, um, so I'm, they've had three other kids and they've seen other kids. Right. So um, I just don't think anyone knew what to make of it back in those days. Because right. if anyone would have seen me, there's no way they saw a normal kid. Yeah. You know, uh, so uh, nowadays you'd stand out like a sore thumb. Yeah. So, um, well, let's use that. Now we have this. I mean, it's... it's you know, uh, I, that's my saliva. That's it. And it takes two days to process. And you have this totally, you know, uh, all this information on your uh, on your genetics, on your own yeah. makeup. It's, it's amazing. amazing. Yeah. So yeah. one question is, can environmental things affect, even though it's neurological, uh, the problem, uh, can, can doing things... Uh, externally actually help that. Um, for example, um, you know how we've always talked about uh, positive thinking and um, the power of your belief system, what uh, uh, Murray was talking about a few shows ago. And uh, it can can doing things like journaling and, and breaking out of your routine uh, actually help the situation um, or is it, or, or is it something that, since it's neurological, there's there is no external behavioral change? Yeah, I mean that's you know what you're talking about is 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 you know general psychology, um, and that and normally yes, um, in this kind of a, a treatment resistant case that's based neurologically, I think that's kind of like you know um, trying to teach memory tricks to somebody who, uh, whose Alzheimer's is uh, evolving. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you have to be in the, in the, at the right level from a neurological perspective, um, compensating for these undersized parts of my brain and this S allele and, um, you know, um, in order to get to that point where those things would help, you know, like, uh, exercise and eating right, you know, would it push it through? Mm-hmm. Um, probably somewhat. I can't see that I would feel worse, you know, after being a, on a treadmill or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to saying, well, screw it, who cares? I'm a piece of crap and I lay on the couch yeah. and eat Cheetos and watch Dr. Phil. Uh, so I'm sure uh, I'd feel better the other way. Unless I was severe, then it wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't even remember that I did it. Right. So, and it wouldn't, it just wouldn't happen. But I, so, so what I'm gathering is some behavioral change might actually, um, it's at the very least not make things worse, but could have the potential chance to improve mood a little bit. Well, and you have to figure those things are very important and they're never, ever discussed, um, with any of the team of doctors that I meet, um, the, the people at the genetics lab, mm-hmm. the, um, the neuroscientists, uh, the, you know, the psychopharmaceuticals, all these different departments that I have to, you know, um, bring, uh, because there's also clinical data uh, and clinical information on my case, which is all the years of therapy and all the notes that doctors have. And mm-hmm. um, 
you know, you have to put all these things together and to get this full picture before you can, you know, if I'm going to go see somebody on a consult. Right. So again, not being able to get these teams in the same room, having to advocate for yourself while you got pieces of your brain that are not working, you know, mm-hmm. um, somehow I've been able to get through it. And I'm, I'm thankful that I just inherently, uh, take to the subject matter. Yeah. Um, but others wouldn't. And, uh, you know, we've had a couple of comments already that, you know, some people, you know, thanks to Google, they don't get lost. If I you know, get a little technical, which I try not to, because I mean, I'm no neuroscientist. Yeah, it's it's relatively new for me. Um, so, um, you know, can you imagine if you didn't have um, this frame of reference or this, you know, you were able to think on those levels, um, hearing this technically from your doctor without. Um, them real being real uh, sensitive people mm-hmm. um, it's, a, it's a really difficult situation yeah and i've recommended to the team to have like a you know either a social worker on staff or a, a, actually a psychologist would be the best case scenario who can help people through times of relapse and or time just difficult times or making sense of what the doctor said yeah you know taking their uh, psychiatry to English dictionary, opening it up and helping you out, you know. Right, exactly. So they I mean, don't. They don't have such a thing, and they don't advocate for, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables and and all the things that that we've known for years. Um, really, um, matter of fact, there's something that I found that um, several things that um, are natural ways to increase serotonin. Uh, and in my case, uh, I actually found this. They they made it into a JPEG, but. I mean, I'm literally going to make my shopping list all these things. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to eat. So it's like, I know I tried everything. Right. And so there's 12 things that are, that will naturally increase your serotonin levels. Oh, let's hear it. Banana, well, bananas. <laughs> Love uh, it. Boost serotonin. Um, yeah. Of the fruits, it's most foody. Yeah. Um, uh, leafy greens boost energy. Mm-hmm. And again, energy has a real correlation between physical and emotional um, and mood. I mean, right. you, could, you could feel that. I mean, somebody who's going to be real down is going to be real slow and real low yeah. and real dark. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just uh, walnuts uh, because they're omega-3 uh, wow. brain nutrients. Um, even smiling releases happy hormones. Right. Um, uh, dates are really good, which I love. Oh, Those dates are, are good. Dates that I've, I love that. And that's something I was going to you know, mention to you as far as um, substituting the sweet dates are always a good way to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. A lot of sugar, but it's still but a it's, lot of fiber and. Yeah, but it's not processed sugar. It's it's that's fruit right. sugar. Yeah, and it's still a lot better than than the you know whatever yeah. whatever it might be. Cayenne peppers um, are actually believed to relieve depression directly. Um, hydration is. More and more, like you know, for some reason we I think we naturally fight. It's like oh, I know I should drink more water. It's like yeah. all right, shut up. They found out like it like can cure diseases. Yeah, there there's something about the water and then the, the CO two in it or the carbon. Uh, there's something really to it, and and you literally should force yourself to to chug like a full tall glass of water, um, you know, a couple times an hour. You know, several times a day. It's, it's just supposed to be, you know, uh, yeah. nature's miracle. Right. Um, 
A green smoothie is one thing they have on here that you won't catch me drinking, but what it's is it? energy, energy boost and um, uh, a zap. I think that's technical terminology. <laughs> um, but what, what's, almonds, what, what's in a green smoothie? Oh, that's, well, that's usually when they mix vegetables and fruits. Ah. Know, it's usually like has a, from what I remember, having a juicer. Yeah, yeah. Back in the '80s, uh, we used to mix like like apple juice would be your your typical the, base. The base, yeah. And then you'd have certain vegetables, and then when you put the leaves in there and the spinach. Yep. Then you get this green thing, and mm, <laughs> you just find a yeah, it's good in a sounds weird, yummy, weird wet feet sort of way. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's almonds, which are, are brain food, and it's magnesium, uh, which I'm taking those supplements. Mm-hmm. Um, and walking uh, it just clears the mind and improves yeah. serotonin as well. Um, and oats, you know, and um, mm. spices, and you know, um, there are really certain things. Um, and omega threes have come out in a couple things we've covered, uh, including a, a prison study, if you remember, and, yes. and moods were improved, and um, anger was improved, and um, these are all. This is all brain food. Yeah. Um, so. You know, it's worth sort of, you know, having a go with this kind of stuff. Give it a full, you know, couple of months and see if your overall, you know, other things start getting better. The well, things yeah. that you know that we take for granted that, you know, like even memory and little things like that are are well, affected. Well, but all those things that. are are inherently healthy foods anyway, and uh, you know could even help um, help me lose weight, for example, if if I were to eat healthier stuff like that so it's well, just and, all good. and it'll help you deal with having to you know the, the whole uh, exercise thing and and you know yeah you know just doing something that's completely out of your grain right you know it's just it's not your genetic makeup yeah it's not mine either yeah. you know I, I usually i don't want to run unless somebody's chasing me <laughs> i had to get that one in well my favorite is yeah i'm into fitness fitness whole pizza in my mouth mm-hmm. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's I. I think I joined a gym a couple of times in my life, but yeah. never made it past the because I got tired just filling out the paperwork. <laughs> so um, I gave up. Yeah, I've tried the gym thing, and it's just a waste of money for me. Um. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I. Yeah. I. I can't even think about that kind of thing. But um, I know that it would help, and there's a gym downstairs that I have all that I need for free. Oh, excellent. Um, I've gone down there. I've looked at the machines. I've said hello. <laughs> and I've watched a girl exercise. And I thought maybe I could live vicariously through her. It didn't. Nothing helped. Well, she probably um, thought it was creepy you were watching her exercise. <laughs> well, especially because I had, had no pants on. So <laughs> that was probably the first sign for her. Yeah. Security. Um, yeah. So, um, so we know the seriousness of this issue. We now know it's neurological. We now know exactly what, uh, you know, I have a little bit of a stronger base of hope because they're, they don't have to wait two years to get all these DBS patients, um, through the surgery to get any clinical data mm-hmm. because I could now go by this genetics and the digital imaging that we're going to do this week. Uh, I hope, um, so, um, you know, if there's a, you know, dog forbid, 
<laughs> there's a um, you know a full relapse, uh, full relapse, um, which I hope it doesn't get any worse than this. Right. Um, at least there will be um, a little bit more of a targeted response. Exactly. And it'll make you feel a little bit more hopeful. Yeah. So we've talked about ketamine um, mm-hmm. a few times, um, and it's, it remains um, a consistently studied um, hopeful answer to uh, treatment resistance. Um, it targets the glutamate system and the GABA receptors. And um, I stopped my treatments because I had to pay out of pocket. What I would have liked to continue a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, Again, each study that comes out seems to have very good data that patients, you know, you're going to go through that short 45 minutes or so of dissociation mm-hmm. in varying levels, but it's it's monitored by the doctor, generally spends all the time with you. Um, and um, it seems to be that for some reason, you know, the, the by the end of that day, you know, the, the effects are gone, but the it has a lingering antidepressant effect for for some people up to two weeks after their treatment, uh, which is huge for treatment resistance. And yeah. um, so I found this um, interesting case uh, of this woman who uh, decided to try uh, ketamine injections. Um, and this is from the show, The Doctors. I've been dealing with depression about as long as I can remember. My family knew, but for the most part, they didn't understand why. I mean, you're pretty, you're talented, you do all these things, why would you be depressed? I thought that I would just grow out of it. As time went on, I got more and more depressed, and I really thought a lot about suicide. And then about 27, 28, I knew that I was not going to be around much longer if I didn't get help. I've been taking Prozac for 22 years. I like to call myself a functioning depressed person. I've created a business. Uh, incredible Pilates studio, and I have a roof over my head, I have food on the table. I'm very blessed in so many ways. But there was still always the heaviness. Prozac, in my experience, keeps me level to a point where I can function, but it doesn't get rid of my depression. I wake up with the heaviness still. When I'm in a state of severe depression, I feel I'm not worthy. I feel that this is the way it's always going to be and it hurts, and I don't want to live that way. About one in four middle-aged women takes antidepressants without any relief, like Julie. Interketamine, it's a medical anesthetic that became better known as the club drug Special K. Well, today, ketamine infusion clinics seem to be popping up all over the place, claiming to offer depression relief, sometimes in a short visit. So what the doctor was referring that wasn't documented was just her experience uh, getting the treatment and uh, being in that dissociative state for about 45 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, she, they had to lie down and close her eyes, and, um, and that's the best way to... <laughs> that's the way they used to tell us to do psychedelics, yeah. is uh, in a dark room. Um, so, yeah. um, but... Uh, so that that's all we missed there. But uh, it's you know to be in a show like the doctors now after several trials, um, you know it's a controversial topic uh, that they don't have to take on. So obviously it's still in the forefront, and and they've had again good uh, trial data that for some uh, resistant people it's it's been effective. Well, and you also mentioned to me earlier that there was a study that uh, found 
that there's a way that they can administer the ketamine without the dissociative effects? Yeah, this is something new they're trying. Um, and so they wouldn't go through that, which, which means obviously that they, they, they believe that, um, you know, um, the other properties of the ketamine and the, the pharmaceuticals related to it uh, um, definitely have an effect on TRD. So they're um, trying anyway, I guess, probably, and uh, doing it that way is it's, it's easier treatment because right. some people may, may freak out a little bit. I'm really not sure what the overall populace, uh, you know, it's generally uh, well tolerated mm -hmm. um, overall. Uh, yeah, but it's interesting that they would uh, consider removing the dissociative effects because some people may, like you said, have trouble with it. Uh, and I could totally understand that. It's, uh, it doesn't sound like it's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, some believed in the 60s that the dissociative effects were what maybe caused some profound changes in your lifestyle and your brain. And, you know, yeah, true. Um, so who knows? Uh, I'll have to figure, you know, we'll, we'll uh, keep an eye on that study and I'll update you. You know, as it goes, yeah, um, be interesting to see if it if it's just as effective uh, or not. Um, we'll have to see. Yeah, it's very encouraging uh, to hear all the medical advancements we're making, um, and hopefully that'll that'll help you out. It's encouraging for you and possibly um, life saving slash um, changing for me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah, as for the last week. Um, it's, it's been a, a bumpy ride. Um, uh, you know, I, I can, I was getting frustrated, uh, in trying to talk to you, um, because you were very down and didn't want to talk or didn't, you know, didn't want to do anything. And, but at the same time, I could understand that it was, I wasn't angry at you. I was angry at the disease that's making you feel this way. Yeah, that's part of the, 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 um, the verbiage, you know, that we've always used is mm -hmm. that he doesn't want to do this, he doesn't want to do that. The wanna part is, is the key element yeah. there. Um, there's no wanna. Uh, um, right. There's a difference, obviously, in perspective. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's something that... Um, you know, we want to make people aware that uh, it's you can't blame the victim, and in, in this, in situations like this, it's totally out of his con control, uh, and so it's something to work on. Uh, some, it's a good message to to get out there, uh, and I have to thank you, Doug, for making the effort this week and you know preparing the show and. Uh, getting back on Facebook and doing more posts—it's—it's uh, it's amazing you can even get get to do that uh, when you're feeling like this. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to thank me. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's nice to know you genuinely care, and it and it affects your life. Uh, you know, the fact that it affects your life uh, both positively and negatively, you know, means you inherently care, and that's. Um, you know, that's the basis for our friendship. Right. Uh, so um, as we talk more and hopefully, um, you know, rekindle a full-time relationship, mm -hmm. uh, providing um, I continually get better and hope this is a bump in the road, um, you know, there'll, there'll be adjustments that 
both sides have to make. Yeah. Um, not just again dealing with somebody who, you know, thinks differently than you, but um, you know, there's so many other factors, and just um, for a healthy relationship, and and saying all the the things that are in between texts, right? You know, um, and and breaking through the drama, and really just getting to the the meat and potatoes, and um, skip the broccoli. <laughs> I love broccoli. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, and I can't skip the broccoli anymore. You know, exactly. Um, yeah. You know. So it's it's not only changing all the, the the thought patterns and all the the learned behaviors from from decades, um, but it's 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 essential that you change certain you, know, you make certain lifestyle changes. Yes, uh, which is another issue with me and living under the poverty line on disability, and that's part of fighting and advocating to give us more so we can buy fruits and vegetables to get off disability. Right. So you wouldn't be a burden to them uh you know it's um it's kind of dumb um but it's the system we have to work with hopefully that'll get better as the awareness and and as we keep educating people on this exactly and that's that's what we're trying to do so that's our show for tonight Uh, we want to thank you for joining us we really appreciate it Please follow us on Twitter at UnhingedPC and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash unhingedpodcast. Also be sure to check out our website if you haven't done so already. It's at unhingedpodcast.com. We'll see you all next week. Take care. Take care.